and sisters, I want to talk to you from Revelation chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you can turn on over there. It'll be on the screen. This is the Lord who is worthy, whom we have crowned this morning with many crowns, high and lifted up, all these allusions to the book of Revelation. And here is a church instructed by her risen, exalted Lord. Verse 1. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet, I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He has a sober warning for a church that was stellar in its day rooted in the missionary work of the Apostle Paul, who stayed there for three years, anchored in a large and important urban center in the Roman Empire, in the middle of a pagan culture, carrying forward the good news of the gospel. And he says to them, I have this against you. You left your first love. First love, Lord? Yes, first, because I am the first and the last, the Lord says. Somebody said, what is this first love? I believe it is love for Christ. He tells them in Revelation chapter 1, I am the first. I am the first. And he's talking to a church that is hard-working and he's delivering to them a warning. I got a kind of warning this week when I went to see the new Hobbit movie, Battle of the Five Armies. I don't know if you know Hobbit lore, but I do. I'm a Tolkien reader. I had to go see the movie. The young lady selling me tickets said, Sir, this is a 3D movie. Are you sure you want to be in a 3D movie? And frankly, I didn't realize till then it was 3D. But I thought, what can that hurt, you know? Maybe, maybe people my age aren't supposed to go to 3D movies <laughs> and wear the glasses, you know. Little did I know, I nearly died twice in that movie. <laughs> when the dragon hit the tower, that was me falling in the water. And the stones, when they busted down, those, those stones, those boulders, actually end up in the middle of the theater. You don't know that till you put the glasses on. 
So her warning was not without some basis. But the warning here that the, that the Apostle John and the Spirit of God delivers to his church, this is a powerful warning. We got to listen to this one. Because the Lord of the church is saying, unless you repent, I'm going to come and remove the lampstand from its place. Now, the Lord commends this church for working. And I would say to you, love first above working. I know your deeds, the Lord says to his church. I think it's comforting to know that the Lord knows our works. He knows our deeds. Maybe a little frightening, maybe a little unsettling, but he knows all about us. He knows what we've been up to. He knows that about the church in Ephesus. He calls it hard work that they've been doing, and that's true about the work of the Lord. Sometimes it's hard work, and it's work in any case. It takes energy, it takes time, it takes resources, it takes attention and focus to do this work that God's called them to do, and they've been doing it, they've been hard working, and I believe as I look at this congregation, that you are a hard-working church. This church works harder than any church I've been part of in all my years of ministry as a, as a believer. This is a hard-working church. And brothers and sisters, this year, I hope and pray that you will focus on love in your work. Because just like in Ephesus, you can work hard and not be loving as you do it. Love first, above working. Now, to love the Lord of the church in your work is to stay in a dialogue of prayer when you are going to the homeless shelter, when you are speaking and helping with your neighbor, when you are taking care of Fuel the Future back here in the closet, when you are caring for infants in the nursery, when you are teaching the gospel in an adult class, while you are working, while you're out there doing stuff nobody knows about, not the preacher or anybody in your small group, when you're out there working, you be in a dialogue with the Christ who loves you and gave himself for you, Make prayer a part of your work. It is the devotional dimension of your spiritual life. Pray as you work. Love God as you work. Do it out of love for God. Let God's love pour through you as you do your work this year. God will maximize your work. He will multiply it if you love him as you do your work. Love others as you do your work. Jesus said the first commandment is love God with all your heart. So the first love has got to be about loving God. But Jesus said the second is like unto it. It's connected to it. And the apostles show us that the second commandment, love neighbor, is how you demonstrate the first commandment, that you're really doing it. Loving God is evidenced by love of neighbor. Maybe in Ephesus they weren't loving one another 
like they did at first. That could have been the case. Or maybe they weren't loving their city and the people who were around them in need of the gospel. Maybe they weren't loving them like they did at first. So in all your work in 2015, love God. Stay in a prayer dialogue with God, with Christ who loves you, and love that person you are serving. Intentionally, on purpose, love them. You will learn their name. You will learn something about them as you go to them with the good news, as you go with compassion and love for them. You're going to discover who they are. They're going to discover a little bit about who you are. Let's not do our work by rote, without thinking, without caring, as if it were simply duty. Let's not do that. To maximize all that God has called us to do, we must love him and love one another in all the work. Love first, above working. This church also was known for its insight and attention to good thinking. They wanted to believe the right things. There were people who came in with heresies that happened in the first years of the church, in the first century, in the early church. Folks came in and started to make claims that were false and say things that weren't true. And the Lord commends his church for believing and teaching what is right and true. And you have people in your life, in your circle of influence, that when you look at them spiritually, you worry about them because maybe they're not thinking clearly and you want to help them think more clearly. Or maybe they, like the Nicolaitans, are wandering off into immoral behavior and they're justifying it and trying to tell you that it's compatible with the gospel, these habits, this lifestyle, these relationships that you know to be destructive and against the will of God. And when you read the Bible, it's clear to you. And so right thinking and right living are important to you. Love first before testing. You've tested those who said they were apostles and you found them to be false. You checked out the claims. You've held to the truth. You've de defended what was true. But if you don't do that in love, you just sound like a noisy gong or a clanging symbol for that cousin you're worried about, that neighbor, that friend, the fellow that you went to church with for a long time, the lady that you were in small group with one time, and now they've wandered off the track and you're worried about them. Let me tell you, love first, above testing. You will have the greatest impact in their life when you deliver a word to them, when you seek to help them know what you feel inside, your word will have far greater impact if they know beyond a doubt that you love them, that you care about them, and the love is passionate and it's real. That son or daughter, that uncle or aunt, that nephew or niece that need the word of God delivered to them, it will have its greatest impact if they know without a doubt you love them. Love first, 
above testing. Whether it's thinking or whether it's living, the correction must be done in love. The word must be spoken in love. It's out of the relationship of love that God changes people's lives and hearts. Love first. Maybe you're a prophet. You see things in black and white. There's not a lot of gray for you. That's okay. There are prophets in the church. We need them. We need people who understand and boldly say what is right and what is wrong. But you cannot speak the truth outside of love. It's got to be spoken in love to that child you're seeking to shape. It must be in love. Love first. Above working. Above testing. Above persevering. This is a persevering church, this church in Ephesus. They have kept going through hard times. Some of their hard times have come about because they believed in Jesus. Maybe like you, you accepted Christ. You went with the gospel to people that you thought would celebrate with you. And they came back at you and they did not receive what you had to say. And maybe hard times have come to you in your work or your family. Because you are now a believer, you are seeking to follow Jesus with your life and all your heart. That's, that's what you're doing. And it has resulted in difficult times for you. Well, the Ephesian church knows about that. They've been through the tough times, the hard times, the adversity, and they stayed true. They persevered. But persevering in itself is not what God wants. True faith perseveres, but true faith demonstrates itself in love. The only thing that counts is faith showing itself in love. Paul said in Galatians, we can get into a rut. As followers of Jesus, we can trudge along, we can keep our nose to the grindstone, we can keep doing what we know to be right and true and faithful, we can do it mechanically, we can do it automatically, we can do it day after day and week after week, and if it's not bathed in love, it doesn't amount to anything. It's a big zero. Love first. Above persevering, above hanging in there. I know this about you. Your faith is genuine. Your faith is true. It's got endurance in it. But you don't want to just trudge along and do what is right. You want to love God and others in the process. And for you, absent of love, your perseverance will become angry maybe and sad maybe even bitter because you've not been loving in the process see love is always orthodox it is always you doing truth every day in every way you can know that loving God and loving one another is the will of God for you. And when you do it, you are in 
his will. So in all that you do, in your living, in your serving, in your working, in your persevering, love. Love first. The Lord says to a church, you know, you've, you've fallen. You need to remember how far you have fallen. And repent. If you don't repent, if you keep doing this work by rote out without love, I'm going to come and take the lampstand out of its place. You won't ever be a true church again if I come and take that lampstand away. The churches are the lampstands. That's where the light of Christ shines. But without love, the Lord of the church is saying, if you're trying to do this without love, we're taking the lampstand he doesn't want his gospel spoken without love. He doesn't want his work done without love. If love doesn't bathe it, if it doesn't fill it, if the love of God is not pouring through you as you do your work, as you care for others, as you're in the service, then Christ doesn't want that. He's going to come and take the lampstand. Because love authenticates the gospel which we speak. It authenticates the service which we do. It connects us to the Christ who called us and gave himself for us. And without it, we cannot properly represent him in our world. Not in our family, not in our neighborhood, not in our small group. We cannot properly represent Christ, not accurately represent Christ in our world without love. Love first. Before working, before testing, before persevering, before shining, before putting out your witness. Somebody said that Philippians 2.15 is 2015. And Philippians 2.15 is very important to me. I think maybe Polly Campbell, are you the one that identified that today? Because it's the verse God gave me when I came to this city. And I realized that all these artificial lights that spread from my feet across the horizon were now the stars God wanted me to enjoy. And he said, I want you to come to this city and help God's people shine like stars as they hold forth the word of life. That's Philippians 2.15. It's a great verse for 2015. Help God's people shine like stars. Lampstands shine. You put the light on them to give light to everybody in the house. It's a symbol of our witness. And we cannot shine without love. Okay, I want you to diagnose us. I want you to look. I want you to see what the Holy Spirit speaks to you. I don't want you to miss this diagnosis. You read about the fellow who had surgery this week. His name's Arthur, lives in Missouri. He's an older gentleman. They removed from his arm a turn signal lever from a 63 Thunderbird. He was in that vehicle in 1963 when he had an accident. His arm was injured, but so was his hip. The newspaper speculated that the doctors were drawn away from the wound in his arm to other more serious things, they thought. 
And they completely missed the fact that the turn signal lever was left in his arm, and his arm healed up. And he had it in there for 51 years. I don't want you as a brother or sister, and I've been saying to this to myself, I don't want us to get distracted from the main diagnosis. Oh, there may be lots of things we want to fix in 2015, but is there anything that ranks higher than living out the love of God in my family, in my marriage, in my neighborhood, with my friends. Lord, don't let us miss this diagnosis. Help us this year to do our work, our thinking, our living, persevering, and shining, all bathed in the love of God. Bow with me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray for this hard-working church, for brothers and sisters who may even have grown weary in well-doing. 2014, wall-to-wall, so busy. God, I pray that you will help us and do our work in love. And if the love has grown cold, if it's ebbed away, if we've drifted from it, then Holy Spirit of God, call us back right now in this first moment of corporate worship as a family of faith, call us back to love. I pray for the brother or sister who has labored without love and has ended up being a difficult place. God, that you will speak to them, rescue them from that place. God, give us the grace to repent where we've worked or spoken labored or persevered or witnessed without love. God, we are your church. We want to be first love, Baptist New Orleans. We, don't make, we want to make love the first thing we do toward you and others. Let it be that way this year in every heart in Jesus' name.